This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the One Was Had A Dream podcast. As ever, I'm joined by Mr Lee Finch. How are we doing today, Finchie? Very well, thank you. Very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, chatting to us today is Wimbledon number nine, Ollie Palmer. Cheers for taking the time out to speak to us, mate. How are you doing? Right, yeah, good. Thanks for having me. Excited to be the first player on. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on and speaking to us. Right, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, some great news today. Before we get started, Baby Finch is on the way. Congrats, mate. Chuffed to bits for you. Thank, yeah, congrats. Thank you very much. Do you know yeah. Not yet, no. We, we will find out, but yeah, we're not, we don't know until, I think, 20 weeks. We're 14 at the moment. So, yeah, be the third little Finch coming. Yeah, so. congratulations. I hope it's a safe ride. Thank you very much. Yeah, so, obviously, we've you. got uh, Kedwell and Kimball. Is, is, where, is the next name up for grabs? Could we see a Palmer? Yeah, <laughs> Give it uh, well, we're talking if it's a boy, possibly Taylor, after Lyle. Right. Uh, but she's vetoing everything. I, I wanted a cuckoo after FM, but she's not having any of that. So, yeah. Well so. done. Yeah, I could. I'll put it past her, but I don't think she's gonna have Don either. To be fair, Don, but, I like Don. Donald's nice name, old school. Donald, yeah. There's there's one Donald, famous Donald that ain't ain't too popular. So maybe yeah, Donald yeah. Duck as well, though. He's Don. a character. Don. Don. The Don. <laughs> I said I wanted a cuckoo, but she ain't having any of that. So no, I'm not either. So <laughs> what do you mean, F and a cuckoo, the chief? He was a legend. So, no, that. A cuckoo, a cuckoo finch. Part <laughs> <laughs> <Car> two. <laughs> right, so I, let's let's get off that because she, she can hear. So she she's already going like no no no. So so I think we must start with the massive news that's coming out in football at the moment with regards to the European Super League. That's why I'm just so, going to bring. What what is your thoughts on that then, Ollie? <clears throat> I think it's bad for football. I think it's bad for football fans. Um, slightly selfish, maybe. Um, greedy. I can see what they're trying to do by trying to get the elite, the elite elite in the league. But then how can you have someone like Spurs who's never even won a Premier League, in it? So get your head around that one. So for me, that was just a vote. Just for it. That was a yes man. Because... You know what I mean? Um, so, I hope, I think the government will overrule it, to be honest. I read today that they're going to block work permits and stuff like that. So, um, nothing's been confirmed, has it? Like, nothing's actually been confirmed. Not, not yet. They're, 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 apparently, there's going to be legal action regarding uh, UEFA FIFA not being able to block the move. Uh, I don't know if that refers to the government as well, uh, but yeah, apparently there's going to be. It's, it's just going to be very messy. I think. I think it's just going to. It's just going to cause major issues now between football. Like they're talking about the Champions League, the three teams in the Champions League being expelled this season. So PSG will be playing Dortmund, 
Uh, they're bringing that Atalanta okay. Dortmund. Oh, really? So they're talk- yeah, they're talking about this Champions League, this season's Champions League, they're going to expel the three teams. That won't happen. It won't happen. That won't happen. Like, it can't even happen. It couldn't it's even like pre- the, the amount that them clubs could sue, sue the people in charge for that, this can't happen. Because my, my worry is, like they're saying about the Premier League, saying they're going to expel teams from the Premier League. But why would they expel the six teams that bring in the most money for the Premier League? Uh, I don't think that will happen. But then it it then dilutes the Premier League because if you've got a Super League game on the Tuesday, Wednesday against, say, Liverpool versus Madrid, on the Saturday, they're just going to play their youth team or they can just rest players. So you're going to have Liverpool versus Villa with five kids playing in the game and they don't care if they finish 12th, 13th no, anymore. People because... can't do that, though. Be like, how good is that for their five? Well, there's no like relegation or whatnot from the from the Super League, so it doesn't really matter how they do in the Premier League. Yeah, they're continuous. You're the best in the best in the world, even though it's not, even though it's not the world, because it's just well, it's only pretty much Italy and uh, England at the moment, and a couple of teams from Spain, which the members have to vote on. So Real Madrid and have, Barcelona, have they? So, sorry, Real Madrid haven't voted for, it, have they? No, well, they're saying they're going to join in, but they still have to ask their members first to vote on it. So they, they, their fans will say, hopefully, will say no. But yeah, I don't feel that. I can understand that it would be nice to have a league where you can, because let, let's be honest, to win a cup, you don't have to be the best team. You have to have, you have to be one of the better teams. You have to have the easier route to the final via the semis, the quarters, 16 and the group. So an easy group. Like, so that process, you have to play an out. The out-of-form teams need to be in your, in your um, knockout stages. And then you've just got to have... So I can get it. If you can turn around and be like, well, league, ta- league tables do not lie. So you can say what you want about Hull or, you know, I hate it when people say, oh, like, yeah, we're as good as Hull because, well, we're not because they're top of the league and we're bottom of the league. So we're not. I don't care if we drew with them. I don't care if we beat them. We're not because league tables do not lie. That is the most truest saying in football. Probably one of the only ones. I can only think of a few, but league tables don't lie. So you can have a good, you can win a cup, you can win an FA Cup, you can win a League Cup, you can win a Champions League without actually being the best team around. It's just a cup competition. But I think if you have the, the league table format and everyone's playing everyone and you've got to be consistent, yeah, nice. But I don't think it's the best thing for football. Keep it as a cup competition. Keep it as it is. As it is now, as, as a cup competition, it's unbelievable. It's electric. Like, if, we're, if, if, if the game's on in Japan and we're, is PSG versus Madrid. You're still probably watching it at midnight. Like you're still gonna watch the game because it's just the Champions League final. Mm. Champions League final, like it's it's a massive deal. So it's it's a shame that it's that it could happen. I personally just don't think it will though. I actually don't think it'll happen. I just think it's really accelerated hype talk. There's obviously people that want to push for it, powerful people in, in sport that want to push for it. But I don't... Everyone has to tick the box. You have to have everyone on board. I don't think they'll get... And I'm talking like more powerful people than football, governments, the lot. I don't think they'll get it. It doesn't sound like they're going to anyway. No, I agree. I, yeah. I hope not. Yeah, I hope so. I hope that is the case. I don't want it to happen either, so in my opinion. I'm going to bring it back to the start for a minute, uh, Ollie. Um, the beginning of your football career, well, the beginning yeah. of you really. So you're a local lad. You're born in Epsom, right? Mm. Supported by yeah. kids, uh, and obviously your journey into football started in non-league. So, uh, I believe you came through the youth setup at Woking. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. How how did how did that come about? So I used to be. Do you know what? Right when I first turned pro, and this is what I always try and make it clear to young young professionals with their pathway. Like, I used to be really embarrassed that I came through non-league. So I've, I thought like, I thought I was unbelievably lucky, which I wasn't because I worked so hard. I thought I wasn't good enough when I was like 21, going to a pro club. I'd not even set foot in a professional environment. So you know when some people are like, oh, I went through the non-league system. There was that Man United till there was 12. There was that <laughs> Birmingham City till there were 15. 
and then they were at Sheffield United as 18 and then they got released and then they went to non-league for two years and they're like, oh, I've turned pro. I'm, I made it pro from non-league. You didn't. You was in academy. Like, I never even set foot in an academy. So, yeah, it was, it was a pathway that I'm really proud of now. Um, I'm really proud of that pathway. And it, it's not, I'm not saying it's the hardest way, but it's definitely one of a few hard ways to make it, as hard as it is anyway to turn professional. Sorry, did you want to? Yeah, sorry, because my, my son's a goalkeeper and he, uh, he, he's had a couple of trials recently for one for Billericay Town. Uh, yeah. Uh, the problem he's got is he's, he's unfortunately not that tall at the moment. He's 12, he's not that tall. But I'm mm-hmm. trying to tell him that the pathway don't always have to. I, I, I despise academy football because it's just, again, going back, it's like money grabbing because mm-hmm. like, I live in South End now. I used to live in Wimbledon, I live in South End. They've got a South End Academy. They've got a South End Shadow Squad. They've got a Shadow Reserve Squad. And they've got about 100 kids. And it, you speak to mm-hmm. the parents, they're like, my boy's at South End. It's like, well, he's not. You're paying them to then have their elite academy. Yeah. So I'm trying to say to him that look at a pathway through to men's football. That I love non-league football. You could go and play for uh, a Woke or something, even below that level. And, and you can just put the hard work in. You can actually make it to become... Yeah. Good professional. Yeah, I mean, you've got firstly just let the kids enjoy the football. So as I'm kind of learning more about it, and I'm getting to the age with like kids and football and learning about academies, half of it's about the parents going into schools and being like, "My kids at Chelsea." But it's like a bragging thing. It's like, and yes. then the turnaround. So my one of my uh, friends that I grew up with, he runs a football academy at the Josh Evans Soccer School. Really good setup he's got busy every day of the year he's got some teams they play against academies he's got the school he's got the school things going on anyway he's he says um, like how quick it turns around so you could be at Chelsea but they flip it every six weeks so they'd be like, Let, thank, they'll just send you a letter thank you for coming and then you go so it's just such a quick turnaround so you you might go into a school and be like oh my kid's at Chelsea within six weeks he gets let go then the teachers are going up to him and saying Oh, how is it, Chelsea? And he's probably thinking all embarrassed, like oh, I've been kicked out, sort of thing. I'm not there anymore. And it, yeah. it's such you just I feel like just let your kids play football. If they want to play football, doesn't matter what level. It really, really doesn't. If they love football and they're dedicated, wherever it is, they will get picked up along the way. Whether they're 21 like me, whether they're nine, whether they're 16, and I was just playing for Epsom Eagles. Do you know what? I need to speak to Robbo because I trialled at AFC Wimbledon when I was about 15 and I didn't get in. And I bet he was, I bet he turned me down. I'd love to find out. I'd he's, love been academy, to... he's academy manager for 17 years. So, 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 I, so, at Epsom, so the best teams around, so we played in something called the West Surrey Youth League and it was like the top team, like it was just, it was just Sunday league football with all like your Epsom Eagles, Predators, Ashton Colts or Wongas, all these teams. I don't know if you'll know any of the names of them. And then if you were good from there, you would either go into an academy or you were just playing for Surrey. So that's what I was doing because you can't play for an academy and the county. So as I then hit 16, I had a choice. Do I go to Woking, AFC Wimbledon, their setup? No, it was before that. It was before that. I was 14. I was like 14. And it was when I went to Epsom Eagles because AFC Wimbledon were playing in our league. And the three top teams were Epsom Eagles, AFC Wimbledon and a team called Predators that played in Leatherhead. Um, and didn't get into Predators. I didn't get into AFC Wimbledon. Cheers, Robbo. Probably, yeah. <laughs> and my best mate did who trialled. He was goalkeeper, Ali Serpi. And he played there for a couple of years. Went to some Eagles and we won the league, so whatever. Um, <laughs> and yeah, got into Surrey. And then it was then uh, when I was 16 and I left school, it was what do I do? And I wasn't great at school, um, bit of a class clown. And then it was do I go to my only options were work or go to Woken Academy or two in a Mitcham. And I was playing for Tootin and Mitchum and I was 16, training with the first team. 
but there was nothing else to it. There was no, I don't think there was a college scheme or anything, but they were just trying to pick up all the Epsom Eagles boys. Um, and luckily my parents were like, well, you, if you've got a chance, go to college, you're going to Woking. Like, it's not really up for discussion. So I went to Woking, played in the academy, did really well, training with the first team from 17, 18. I actually got called up to a first team game, an FA Cup game, and I missed the, missed the coach. And I was when I was seventeen, um, and I was actually starting. I missed the coach. Graham Baker was next, so it was actually unfair on me. I got called up whilst I was at college, and I didn't. I was in lessons, and I didn't. So didn't have my phone. And then it was like three o'clock, and the bus was leaving at four, and all my football kit was. I was at home, didn't have any football stuff for me at college. And they're like, "Can you get here?" So I was like, "Yes, like, I'll be there." Like I was thought I could do it. I thought I could get from Woking. To, so originally I was going to get a train and my mate was driving. He's like, well, I didn't drive at the time. He's like, I'll drive you. We'll drive there, drive back. I was like, all right, yeah, that'd be easier. An hour. Anyway, drove, got back, got back in the car on the way to Woking. Rush hour, rush hour. Graham Baker, the manager of uh, Woking first team. I'm like five minutes late. I was like, I'm just letting you know I'm five minutes late. I'm so sorry, traffic left college. He's like, uh, coach is leaving. I was like, oh my God, I was just crying in the car. Just crying. I was crying in the car. I had to write him a letter and everything. Looking back, I thought, <laughs> they must have just laughed at me reading this letter where I'm apologising. Like doing lines. Yeah. <laughs> I will not miss a coach again. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was, it was like, it was a whole A for being paper. Like, just apologising about being late and it never happened again. It was just bad. It was just unfortunate circumstances more than anything. Um, but taught me an early lesson, that's for sure. And then, yeah, eventually sort of broke into the first team, just around the fringes and played for some England college competition. And and then um, went on loan and just kind of never looked back, really. Kicked on, went on loan to two team, uh, a team in the same league, Borenwood, and then got a move to having them at Louisville. When did you first realise that you might make it as a pro? Was it at Haven? Uh Well, I went on loan, I went on loan to Borenwood and then I scored one goal in a month in four games and I didn't find it hard. I didn't find it hard at all. And um I got myself oh, look I got I took I won a penalty and took it, missed. Um and I, I don't think I was talking to a family friend yesterday and I he was saying like I used to so do you remember MSN? Yes I do remember yeah. MSN. <laughs> I used to sit on MSN but then you'd be doing sit ups at the same time and Every time they used to come over because they're close family friends, you'd be in the garden playing football, sun, brain, snow, like regardless, till till it's pitch black. And he's like, you don't realize. I, I don't think I knew how dedicated I was. Do you know what I mean? I don't think I knew that I was. I just love. I just love football. I just loved it. I, w- I wasn't. I wasn't great. I wasn't. I didn't think I was being dedicated. It was just I had a. I was that kid that had the ball, at school. I was like the guy that brought the ball in, like. Um, and then, yeah, so I was just dedicated. Like, I played well against Haven and Waterlooville. Um, and they said, who's that kid? Um, can we have him? They said, we've got him on loan from Woking. And they think they had a little compensation, a little tiny fee. And then took me. And I scored 12 goals from December. I actually signed in December. I don't know why that's allowed. I think that's allowed in non-league. I think I signed whenever. I was signed in December. Scored 12 goals into the season. And they're like, yeah, it was signing on a two-year deal. And then I um, scored 25 goals at like 19 or 20. Something like 20, I think I was. Um, so went 12 goals and then 25 goals. Finished league's top goal, joint league's top goal scorer. And then Mansfield picked me up. Um, tricky one, that, Mansfield. But, yeah. I was going to say, because everyone knows about the rewards of football. Like, it's good good money. You, you're playing football, which is brilliant. Most people would love to do it. But as you say, you, you have to travel quite a bit, like go to Mansfield. You, you're obviously from Epsom and stuff like that. So what sacrifices have you and your family had to make to be a professional footballer? Loads. People don't understand. Like, mm. my uncle pissed me off the other day because he said to me, you done that. You... I said, i got work. He's like, work? You don't work. I was like, you ain't got a clue. And he's a football person. You know what I mean? And I was rattled. Even now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I work hard. I'm dedicated. When you're out pissed on a Friday or it's 
my mum's birthday and I'm going there for an hour and then going home or someone's 50th on a Saturday, but I'm in Sunderland or, you know what I mean? You miss a lot. You really miss a lot. It's Christmas day and everyone, it's my, it's my own birthday, but I'm away in Plymouth or just loads of it. It controls your whole life. Football controls my whole life out, not out of choice, out of work. So the the whole social element, I don't worry about that is what it is. Like that's just my job. I don't, my, I've got great friends, I've got great family. They'll be there after football. They've been there for me during football when I've needed them. They've not took it personally when I've not been there or been distant and they'll be there after football. That's not going to change. Um, it's just it's just tough when you go to dark places. So like Mansfield was just dark place. I, I was 21. I'd never been at a pro club. I went to a football club that was direct and uh, they played zero football. Um, I don't want to sound disrespectful. They, they didn't play any, they didn't really play, they weren't a footballing team and training was go out, play a match, go in, do some keep ball, nothing technical, nothing like what I've done at like my last five or six clubs. And I was like, and the changing room, don't speak, I made, I made one friend, right, in that changing room, he's one of my best mates. But, apart from that, no, nothing and it's a yeah, horrible place for me didn't go with anyone in the change room it was an older group they didn't have any respect for me coming from this 20 year old boy come from having what Louisville I just hated it I, I hated it and then I'm not playing well I'm just trying to get my foot in the door and I mean I scored the club's first goal when, back in the football league that was, I scored that for them but Again, just couldn't get a foot. I ended up, like, I remember one game I got booed when I, I got subbed on. I got booed. Like, I was like, and I didn't know how to cope with it. I did not know. Mm. I wanted the ground to eat me up. I remember feeling like that. It's the only time I've ever felt like it. That stays with you. I yeah. literally wanted the ground to eat me up. I, I hated it. I hated it. I thought, well, I don't want to play football. I think that's the thing that a lot of fans don't realise. It is such a tough environment, football, especially at a young age like yourself. You were 21. My my brother-in-law is a guy called Lee Shearer. I don't know if you heard of him or he used to play for Leighton Orient. I don't know if you ever played right. against him and stuff. Uh-huh. He broke into the Leighton Orient team when he was only 16 or 17. And he said mm-hmm. it was such a bad dressing room to go into because he was taking, say, experienced pros' places. So that was it. They didn't talk to him. They just made his life hard because he yeah, then... We're taking Imagine their place, which is totally different today. Well, what it looks like from the outside, totally different today. At least he was there. But I was in that sort of environment when I couldn't... Listen, I wasn't getting picked on or I wasn't... I just didn't click with anyone. So I didn't didn't speak to anyone in the changing room, really, apart from my one like, best mate, Juan Tafazoli. Apart from that, I didn't really speak with anyone. But that, that could have been my own fault a little bit because we just... I was always with him, chatting to him, you know what I mean? Getting changed with him, sat on the coach with him, roomy with him. Um... But then I'm not doing well on the pitch either. Like I've just come from non-league, trying to like break in, and then you and then like you get. I've gone from playing in front of 300 fans to 6,000 fans, and then like half them booing you. I always yeah. think this because because we do this, and obviously we we're we're fans, so we're quite honest with the, like player. I'm and always waiting. Yeah, I never played the. I never played the game. I was an awful footballer. But then I'm yeah. going, well, why didn't Ollie shoot there? Why did Ollie take that? <laughs> what am I to say to a player like <laughs> People get that mixed up, right? You you don't have to have played football to have an opinion. Like, Dude. you can still have an opinion. You can still know and understand the game that um, I missed a one-on-one. Yeah, but that doesn't make me a C-U-N-T. I didn't do it deliberately. Yeah. Did, not, didn't want to miss. I didn't want to miss. Didn't want to get all the abuse that comes with it. But you can be like, Ollie, you should have scored that. Like, yeah, I know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I definitely should have scored that. But what really helps as a footballer is when the fans, because people are going to say, oh, don't listen to fans. Listen, footballers read, and more than ever with social media, what fans say and what that has a big effect, right? Whether I don't give a shit who you are. People read. Every, people read things, right? When fans put, when fans get behind you, I've been at bad clubs, I've been at good clubs. It is, you are a better player, you're a better team, like you want to do it more. 
when I was getting booed, do you think I was, do you think you were getting the best out of me? Like, no, not at all. I just didn't want to be on the pitch. I was nervous to even make a mistake. And when you're playing your best, you don't care about how many mistakes you make. I don't care if I'll give the ball away 10 times because I know the next one I'm scoring because that's just how your brain is just confident. Like, you, you know, you've got the fans behind you, the managers behind you, your teammates behind you. If you have to be confident, you have to believe in yourself. And I didn't have that belief when I, uh, when I turned pro. So I was thinking, because I've never been at a pro club, so I had to almost build the belief in me. I, did, I had to prove it to myself and I wasn't doing that. Until I went on loan to Grimsby, which was only one league below, so there's the league in the middle of where I come from, Conference South and League Two, was the conference. And I went to Grimsby and I banged loads of goals, including the playoffs. I think I banged like, I think it was, it was either 10, so like 10 goals in 16 games. Um, and the fans loved me and I loved every minute of it. Fans were passionate, loved it. And then I went to Leighton Orient and I did all right. I, I didn't do as good as what I wanted to do, but I did all right. It was just a mad football club. Like the owners, the Italian guys. Yeah. Like he locked in the hotel for a week because we lost against Hartlepool away. Literally locked us in. And all sky cameras there. And they're like, you will have to say that you're here at choice on a bonding thing or you two-week fine. One lad's got a three-year-old baby at home. A uh, three-day-old <laughs> three baby at home. I'm not going to say who he is because you all might know him. But that wasn't his choice. And he didn't want to get fined two weeks. He's got family to feed. So he's in a hotel and he's got a newborn. And we're locked in the, the Marriott in the, on the M25. Mad. Foot was, was a mad game. It's just, uh, you touched on it there about social media. And we've spoken on, on a podcast regarding social media and how it can be good, but it can also be very bad. Like you've experienced some abuse online. Uh, so when you signed for Wimbledon from Cooley, I think you got a bit from Cooley fans because obviously for some yeah, reason they hate they hate us, which is yeah. weird. Uh, no, I find it funny. I do. I understand, I understand that. No, I you also got a bit from, uh, I see a post that you put on uh, Instagram regarding a Wimbledon fan. I, I, I messaged you privately and said, look, don't listen to the geese. He's a bit of a knob. Uh, <laughs> what, <laughs> Remember that? We were, yeah. I think I scored and I was still a dickhead. I mean, yeah. I was, I <laughs> did I score and yeah, I was still a novel or something for scoring because I ruined his bet? Yeah, so, yeah. How do you deal with it? Do you have any advice for the players like ASL, ASL coming through the ranks? Is that sustainable? Yeah. So like, as you say, people take it on board and it can affect their people, game. No, people read it. I'm not saying. I'm not saying like. People are all people are affected by it, but everyone does read it, and then people see it. And now, I, now I can say it, it won't affect me. Like if I'm if I was getting booed, hopefully not by my own fans. You do think that's, I mean, never by the away fans. You know what I mean? But if your own fans getting on you, it wouldn't affect me in a game. Now I'm old enough and I'm experienced enough. Then the only way that you can really, really learn that is by actually going through it, and he will. Because football fans will express their opinions. I can tell you that free. So he will experience that. But all I can do is tell him. All I can do is tell him from my own experiences and other young lads coming through and Rudy and Ayub and even Will still young. Um, it's just, to fo- just, again, like I said, I had to, I had to build that self-belief. So I had to go to Grimsby to then do well and then went to Orient, did all right, and I went to Lincoln and I did well and I should have played more than what I should. I did, in the game time that I had, I did unbelievable for them. Um, I was winning like league awards without even starting games. It's ridiculous. It's just, it was just the way the manager saw it at the time, which is his, fair enough. I went to Crawley and played every week and you get loved and come to Wimbledon and it's like your home club and you haven't met the fans yet, but it's um, a link, like the Lincoln fans are unbelievable. Lincoln fans are one of the best. No, they won't want to hear it, but Grimsby were good too. Even the Crawley fans are good, but um, the Orient fans are were good as well. It, it is rare. It's, it's like everything in life. The bad things stick out. You know what I mean? You remember the bad things. Mm. For some reason, that's just where the human brain works. You've just got to stay strong. You've got to stay... It's, you just it's just form. You've just got to keep your good form for as long as you can. And when you do have your bad spells and fans get on you, because they will, because they're going to express their opinions, which they're entitled to do, 
You've just got to stay strong. And no, Abe's already got, should have the belief in him now that I was trying to get when I was 21 because he's coming and scoring. He's starting games and scoring and he's done well um, since he started playing with me. So, what? Um, <laughs> it's just like, it's just having, he's got, he's got to have that belief in him now. You know what I mean? So, and he'll have a bright future. He's just, he's not always going to score and he's not always going to start. But as long as he knows, he keeps himself ready and he stays professional and looks after himself. When someone does say your shit, he'll be like, all right, thank you. Yeah, thank you. We had, we had Robbo on and uh, I agree. Unfortunately, football fans are very fickle. So, like, now we've won three games in a row. We lose a couple now and it's like... Oh, yeah, we're Barcelona. Oh, hell's, yeah. yeah, it's true. We, we, should be, we should be getting an invite to the Super League. Yeah. The way we're playing at the moment. So I'm yeah. I mean, that is football. And do you know what? You laugh at it now. And it is what it is. It's just the positive side. When things are good, they're good. And when things are bad, they're bad. And mm. it's... I think sometimes fans think the footballers don't care. Like, we, we, care, we care just as much, if not more. Because I know that if I don't perform, people that I work with are going to lose their jobs. Right? So that's... Yes, yes, we want to win for the club. Yes, you want to win. I want to win because I want to win trophies straight. That's, that's why I'm playing football. I'm winning to win. Saying, I don't care if it's the Czech trade. It's one of the best days of my life winning that. I don't, I don't, I don't care if it's um, the league, Czech trade, unbelievable cup run, league cup, right to the quarterfinals, did that cruelly. Just, I know that if we don't perform, a physio could get sacked. Receptionist, if there's two or three of them, if you go down a league, less fat, you might two of them might get sacked, you might only have one. Stewards, you don't need as many as them. A lot of people lose their jobs. And that's what that's what I was speaking about a few other lads in the changing rooms a few weeks back. Now you look around here, you're getting some of these people sacked. Like, do you know what I mean? And it's bad. It's it's serious. People have got buffoons. It's not it's not a joke. Um so don't be selfish. Don't be selfish and think you've got a contract next season and you're all good. Like, that's, I don't know if we're allowed to swear, but that's, you know what I mean? Um, and we're trying to build, under Robbo, he's trying to build something. So we had to, he had to take this whole new identity and drill it into us in a matter of weeks. And people, you could almost see everyone at the start again, going back to the fickle thing. Oh, this is really good. Okay, we won one. Yeah, this is good. Robbo's a man. And then you can start hearing and reading things. Oh, we've not won. Not sure about this way that we're playing. Even though it looks good, we're not getting any results. It's just, but Robbo Gaffer's made us believe in the process. Like, the more possession you have, the more chances you make, week in, week out, you break, you break, you break the duck. You know what I mean? It will, it will come good. And the performances were always there. On, the, the performances have been there under Robbo. And now we're winning the games. We're not. We're not going. I'm not saying we're going to win every game until we get to the Premier League. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not deluded. <laughs> but what what we will do is we'll win more than what we'll lose because we're doing the right things well. How we're playing under Robbo without you know, I'm not trying to blow smoke. And this is Robbo's formation. He's done it in the youth team, and they've seen it before. Four two 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 two. That's this is new to me and probably everyone apart from the lads that come from the youth team. Like this is fully this is this is Robbo's shit. Do you know what I mean? This is this is his thing. Mm. And it's I don't think other managers would have seen it. I've not even heard of the four two 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 before. I've not, <laughs> never, never seen it, honestly. It's me being just completely honest. But it's working and he's letting us play with freedom. I don't even want to talk about it too much because I don't know who would even end up accidentally seeing this podcast, maybe another manager or something. Do you know what I mean? So you don't even want to give too much away. But it, what we're doing is, is completely Robbo's thing. He's done it in the academy. So he knows what he's doing. And you've seen the performances. Now you're seeing the results. And I'm just looking forward to next season. You know what I mean? Those clubs that you mentioned a, bit, uh, a little while ago, um, as far as I'm aware, you had a fairly clean bill of health at all of those clubs. Um, yeah. Obviously, you haven't been particularly lucky with injuries this season. You spent a lot of it on the sidelines. How frustrating has it been for you 
regarding these injuries? You know, watching watching results, not being able to contribute. <sighs> Tough. Like, hardest hardest thing I've ever had to deal with at work. That down. It's been, it's been hard. There's worse things going on in the world. Harder things that people have to do with their lives. But if I was just to judge it off my own career, it's been um, been tough. Do you know what? Because if it's not like I've had surgery. I've not had ankle surgery or knee surgery. Touch wood. On something where they say, right, you've done you've done this, and you're you're out for your standard nine months, and you'll be back. That people I know have had like done ligament damage and they're out for nine months and I was like and I was playing at Crawley and I was like oh my god I'm so sorry to hear they've come back before me like and it's because I've been having I basically I had surgery in the summer right so I got injured at Crawley and uh, I said this isn't right and they put it down to tendinopathy which is just where your tendon um, flares up and then it settles down so give it a few weeks nothing then a month goes by and I said, this ain't right. Like, and I was on the way to a game to travel to somewhere up north and um, I was going to play. I was starting in the game. So I'd been out for a month and I was starting in the game. And I was like, I knew it weren't right. I knew it was sore. And coronavirus called that game off. And I said, I want to see a surgeon now. I want to see a specialist because I know so it's not right. We didn't have a physio crawling because he had just left and moved to Australia. So I had the sports scientist send me, he would try and get something booked. Go and see the specialist. He's like, you've got double, the easiest way to explain it, it's like a hernia, but not. I had, I had like bilateral groin, um, like tears in the obliques. So surgery is not bad. It's six weeks and then you come back. So my, one of my best friends at Newcastle had it. He had surgery. He had the exact same operation and he was back playing. But I then had this this whole period, I had lockdown, so I couldn't even get fit. So I then, in February, all the way to June, I couldn't even move. I couldn't jog, couldn't run. So I, was eat- I wasn't eating bad and drinking and stuff, but I just couldn't do anything. It was in my stomach so and my, and my like, groin. So I couldn't ride, couldn't run, can't row, can't do sit-ups. I couldn't do anything. So I was just <laughs> eating my, my normal portions, three, four meals a day. I was just getting, like, unfit and... And then um, Crawley wanted me to, they knew I was going to Wimbledon now, and they were like, just yeah, pass the medical. So I could have blagged the medical and just, it's not like Man United where you have all the scans. And they said, look, go. I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not starting off on the wrong foot, lying to them, and then going for surgery with them. I want surgery now. So I had surgery in June, and then I was at a contract at the end of June. And Wimbledon knew I had surgery. I was like, look, I'm four weeks post-surgery. It's only like a six-week thing. They've seen all, had Professor Shielders do it. They were all happy with everything. Um, and unfortunately, I had to, they wanted me to do my rehab again, which I wasn't even expecting myself. So I started my six-week rehab once I signed at Wimbledon. So I missed all of July and half of August, which I, I thought I was going to be fit for the first league game. Anyway, so did my rehab. Felt good. And then two weeks into training, tightened up. And Dougie left. Dougie left to go to Bournemouth. Sorry, I tore my quad and Dougie left. Um, this is no fault of anyone's, again. Um, so now two clubs with uh, a physio. And I then tore my rec fem, probably something to do with everything going on. And um, I, I was out for six weeks and then there was, you know, we had, Dougie left and Tim hadn't arrived and... I started training again and it was just constantly irritated. But I'd got to a point where like I was training in like November time and I was just I was in pain. Like so I, I was playing, I couldn't even do a knee drive. So I was on the bench, I couldn't even do a knee drive. Or I, I couldn't um I couldn't whip a ball. So I whipped the ball, as in like David Beckham Curl, whipped the ball for the first time this whole season, um, since I signed about without pain, about three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Um, so I could strike a ball, but I don't ever strike the ball anyway, apart from when I'm assisting AU. Yeah, I was just about to say, you don't need to whip it when you're putting balls in like that. So I don't really like to lace the ball. So I've, I've not been able to do a knee drive or um, a leg raiser since, since I signed. And there's still some things I can't do. So I still can't, 
um, I, I still can't sit on the floor and do a leg raiser. They're quite hard doing it, but I still can't do I can do it my left leg absolutely fine. I can't do it my right leg. So I, I need to use um, May and June this season to get right, which it will. Tim's been unbelievable. And I, I went, obviously, Bristol Rovers, when I got back in the team for Lincoln. So I was trying to get fit. I was pushing my way through the injury. And then I played against Lincoln, scored, then went to Bristol Rovers in the cup. And my sight in my tendon just went about 30 minutes in. And again, I should have come off, but I didn't. I just ignored, I just didn't tell anyone. And then in the second half, like, I had a chance, so I had to put my leg up. I mean, doing a knee drive then at that point, it was impossible. I literally couldn't lift my foot off the floor. I should have just come off. But I could still run because you don't use that tendon to run. So I just can't kick. I should have come off. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> anyway, I came off the pitch and I was crying. I was just crying like, this is on. This has been going on now for... It was a year. It was about a year. Just, just, it was about 11 months. I've had this hip pain. And this is a different hip pain to when I signed, by the way. So this is not the same thing. But it was just unlucky. It was just bad error. Like injury after this second new injury that I had at the club. It just, uh, it's just been so frustrating. And it's been a bit of my own fault. Pushing myself too hard. Not letting it actually heal and then coming back. Physio, not having physios. Um, obviously at Crawley and then obviously Dougie leaving and waiting for Tim to come in and then seeing a specialist went to go see James Moore who was unbelievable um, and then yeah and uh, I was, it's still not right it's still not 100% now I'm still I think I'm going for scans at the end of the season um, just to just to make sure it's perfect next season but I think like hopefully you can see I'm moving a lot better so I can sprint without any pain I can come to a complete dead stop without pain. I can strike the ball as hard, I can smash it as hard as you like now. I can whip the ball with like 95% power. I have, but I have to warm up my leg. I have to do like, it's like I'm an old lady going and some of the exercises that I'm doing now to warm up my hip tendon it, because I have to really look after it. I'm doing my rehab every morning and I'm doing it after training. Like, it sounds so boring, but I just, it just is what it is, but this will go. This, I will overcome it. I just need a break, but I'm not going to take a break until the season's over because I've missed yeah. too much. And it's at a point where it's manageable now. So the strength's there. The, the, it's 90% good and it's easily playable. Um, and I can play back-to-back -back games now. So it's not, it's not a problem now. It's not a problem. I just, it's not 100% right. So, so mentally, it must be very draining, obviously not being a player and being frustrated. Uh, and you seem someone seem like someone that's quite mentally strong, because uh, we, we again, it's mental health is such a big thing. And obviously, on your social media, I see that your your friend Ali, you know, you said you mentioned him. Unfortunately, he suffered from a stroke, didn't he, recently? Oh, yeah, yeah, the blue. And, and how's he doing? Is he okay? Is he everything yeah, all right? Thank you for asking. He's thank you for that. He's good. He um out of nowhere, he was doing. So I got I got the best friends. I got the best mates, and they um. One of them does a lot for the mental health calm campaign, and this one Ali was doing a ten k a day. Mm. He's a big guy. He's he's about I don't know if you'd want me to say this, but he's around about hundred kg or something. But he does a lot of CrossFit and stuff. You know what I mean? He's a powerful guy, and um, he was running ten k a day and working for BT. So he does he does a he's a um, junior director at BT. So he does all like the live games which I don't think he knew how stressful it was. I think it's just his job. So it's like, well, it is what it is. But producing to the nation every single day, like live television is yeah. probably pretty stressful, right? And then he was running 10K a day. And then, yeah, one, you know, after doing that, you think he'd be fit as a fiddle with all this CrossFit and everything. And then um, two weeks before Christmas or something like that, he's on his way in from work and he started having a stroke. And it was only because he was going to go to sleep. Now, if he went to sleep, it's a problem, big problem. Mm -hmm. Only because his girlfriend was staying at, at their mum's house because they were away and they were house-sitting. She said, come over. And he was like, no, I'm not coming. Ended up going because he felt bad. So he went over there, got upstairs into his, into his uh, home to got upstairs into his home to get the, uh, sorry, to get his clothes got out of the taxi, be five minutes, come back down, couldn't speak, couldn't even, 
he was like that. He didn't know, couldn't say where he was going. He was like, text it. He started texting, a couple letters in, couldn't do anything. Stroke kicking in. Luckily, with it, it took him a five minute journey with the taxi man, it took him about an hour and a half, and he got to his, um, got to his, uh, his, his girlfriend, Liv, who's been unbelievable. And, um, he was having a stroke, yeah. Now he's now he's lost all his speech. Form of, that's the, he's not lost any mobility or physicality. It's just been um, his his speech predominantly, and he's having speech, and he's had to learn to speak again. He could not even say a single word, bless him. And now he's coming a long way. I've just put my iPad on charge. Sorry, guys. That's all right, mate. Um. So, yeah, he's now having to, yes, he's learning to speak all over again and he's um, doing an unbelievable job. He's, you know, we've raised, um, well, he's, 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 he's raised a lot of money. Um, people have donated and been able to pay for some private treatment to get his speech back, and, um, which I'm really pleased about because he's such an amazing guy and fully deserves that. He gives so much yeah. to everyone, do you know what I mean? Not, yeah. not one I'd want donated to more really it's on the it's on your instagram so what we'll do is we'll tweet it as well we'll retweet on our page so oh, then if you. people want to give and, and and get involved they can as well so we'll do that, yeah, that. Point of view, so. oh, i'm worried that when he starts talking again he's going to come back with some of his bad jokes he's got really bad sense of humor so. <laughs> <laughs> have you found it strange sort of signing for Wimbledon during covid was it weird doing a transfer during COVID, obviously, you haven't. You mentioned earlier you haven't had a chance to meet the fans yet. Um, you know, how have you found it from that point of view? Yeah, it's just it's just been just been. It's not felt real. Like it's gonna be. It's gonna. It's now so normal. It's gonna be weird when the fans are back. How weird is that? So, that's weird. It's it's just. That's how weird the whole thing is, like having no fans in stadiums, but we're just used to it. And I think it probably took a while for everyone to... Some people it's benefited. Some players that didn't, didn't like the pressure or whatever, it's benefited them. Some players that need... I prefer playing in front of fans. Fans that give me stick, like the away opposition, it gets me going. It really does. And like when fans go... When our home fans like get behind me and like just shouting in my face, like, come on... When you, I don't know, maybe it might just be something like you've just pressed the defender and you've, you know, you've cut, you've intercepted the ball or something, and fans are like, but like that gets me going and do it a million times over. Um, I've missed that. Again, some players have benefited. Some players have haven't missed being called names or not don't <laughs> want to be shouted out for making a mistake. They've they've expressed themselves better. Um, that's just that's just the way it is. Um, unfortunately, that won't be the same for them next season. Then players, because everything will will be back to normal. I'm pretty sure. I've got to tell you a story because uh, I'm in a group chat with a few Wimbledon friends and stuff like that, and uh, we call you the King of Wimbledon. So everyone, when the King's coming on, the King has scored and all this. And one of one of our mates said that he, he's had a bet with another friend. Where's the crown? <laughs> He's going to get himself a crown. But He's looking for his crown. Dude, it's not even a crown. You can screenshot this if you want. <laughs> uh, that's more, yeah, that's more the queen. But yeah, we, 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 one of our mates, uh, he, he said that when you come back from injury, you wouldn't score goals for us. Yeah, so one of our one of our other mates, yeah, we we, we had a bit with him. Yeah? Yeah, he wouldn't. And we, yeah, he said that, that you wouldn't get five goals by the end of the season. Right. So what, we've had a bet with him that you you will, because we, obviously we, we rate you. So if you, you've got one more goal to get, I think it's in the league. I think you've got four league goals at the moment. So if you get one more goal, the first away game back, Titch, who comes on Richard Cassells, has to dress as a king to the first away game back. So hopefully next year we'll be playing... I wouldn't, no, I'm getting involved in this. <laughs> Firstly... He's dressing up as a queen, my queen. Yeah? yeah. So he's not a king. He can dress up as a queen, my queen. He's got to have my shirt and my name and number on. Yep, we'll, we'll get that done. Don't worry about that. He, he will. 
first away game. So if it, hopefully it'll be like Sheffield Wednesday or something. And then I really want a big huddle off him as well. When we go. But yeah, he said you wouldn't score goals when you came back from injury. And we were like, no, he will. Uh, and our mate Matt backed you, backed you big time. So Yeah, it's lucky yeah. that I got fit just in, just in the next time. So one more goal. And also you have to do like a celebration. You have to pretend to put a crown on and do a bow or something. Or something. Uh, I'm, not give, I'm not giving him that pleasure. He's having that. And also another question we did have from a, a fan was the uh, the goal against Blackpool. Yeah. Fluke or you meant it? No, uh, genuinely not. I had an argument with the same family friend that, that I was with the other day, actually, um, who said I was dedicated as a kid. He said to me, was it a fluke or did it just hit your foot? Did you mean it? I said, no. I said, it's not a fluke. I said, yes, it was lucky that the, that Yako shot has come towards me. But watch this. And there's club footage because the actual TV footage is not that good because there's players in the way. But because the club footage is on the other side of the, the stadium and it's just me, you can literally see me. You actually see, and there's photos as well. Photos probably help because you can see me open up my, my foot. And I'm just trying, I'm not, I'm not, I'm still hoping it's going in. I've got my back to goal technically like chipping the keeper almost like but it's just come in I've just tried to redirect it the other way that's all I wanted to do and yes lovely it went in the top corner most people when they're when they're shooting from 30 yards out they're just trying to hit the target in the corner not don't care if it goes in the bottom corner middle or top corner all I was trying to do was redirecting it and yeah lovely it went in the complete stanchion but um I would I was trying to redirect it and there is club footage and photos that prove it without even like beyond any doubt to be honest. So you'd you'd be happy if it won the Puskas award, the goal to... Listen, that goal's not had enough recognition in my eyes. I'm not even joking. <laughs> like I meant it and it was an unbelievable goal. I still think it's a fluke, mate. No, <laughs> the club footage. I will get you a picture and I'll sign it as well. You can <laughs> He's only saying that so you get a signed picture now, isn't it? Absolutely. He'll, that. He'll put it on eBay. <laughs> get a fiver, if that. <laughs> so, obviously, uh, since Robbo's come in, uh, us as fans, we've seen a sort of upturn in fortunes and we've seen a lot of positivity on and off mm. the pitch. Um, what do you think is the biggest impact Robbo's had on you and, and the squad as well, I guess? Which one do you want, me or the squad? Both. Um, okay, so squad. Squad's probably had to be. Squad's probably been the toughest one for him, because I think when any manager comes in half through the season, you've got to rewire all the players um, in a short amount of time, um, and he's managed to do that. To his credit, he's managed to go from we were pretty direct, pretty pretty channel ball team, which. Not, it's not disrespectful. That just is what it is. That's what that's how we were playing. Um, for some teams, that works, and um, and for us, it didn't really, to be honest. And Robo's come in and he's changed, changed a lot, really, on and off the pitch. Um, talks about our values a lot. Talks about how we conduct ourselves. He wants people to still be their characters and still be. I said, I can't remember where I was saying it, maybe in an interview, I can't remember where I was saying it, but we had an away game, I think it was the night before Aki, me and Woody, Alex Woodyard, come out of the hotel kitchen in complete chef's attire and started serving Robbo and Rob Palmer, director, and David, like drinks, and they were like, what is going on? <laughs> but I didn't know, didn't know whether to laugh or cry or whatever, and all the lads, for everyone was like in hysterics in the, in the, in the dining room, but, he allows everyone to still have a, have their own characters, but under the values of the football club, and um, that's been really important. And then he's, I think, well, since I've been playing, so I wasn't even. Let's not lie, I wasn't playing when he came in. I was, I was getting, I was getting on, but I, I, you know, I couldn't get in the team for for the first five or six games. A bit of that was. I think he was worried that we'd go direct with me on the pitch with two big lads. Um, Pigs also been unbelievable, so he couldn't bring him out of the team, and he didn't want to lose. He didn't want to lose that dynamic players dropping out wide. But I I played on the left before at Lincoln and at Crawley on the left of a three, 
And I said that to him. And I just had to be patient um, and, and just wait for my opportunity, really. But just going back to the squad quickly, he's, yeah, he's, re, he's, had to, he's had to remould everything. I'm not just saying this. People come in and say, he's had to remould a lot. And like I said earlier, he's playing the way that he played in the academy. So he's doing the things that he wants to do and everyone's buying into it. And when, when the players like you, when, when you show players respect, players will give you respect. And by that, they'll just give you everything on the pitch. Um, yeah. For me, it's just been so enjoyable to play in because we're playing football. It's high pressing. I love that. I love the high pressing. Love that we're playing football. We're getting chances. And the, the lads were playing. The lads were, we weren't winning games before, but we were still playing well. And we did win a couple. Like We, we won... Um, help me out. We won... <laughs> we won Gillingham. That, you know, yeah, they, you know, they're up the right end of the table. Um, what was another game we won under Robbo? Wigan. Wigan, Andrew's first yeah. game. Um, that's a tough place to go, by the way. People make no mistake, that's not the same team. That's not the same team that started the first half of the season when we were men and played them, when it was just kids. Now that they've got a good squad, they won't be down there next season, that's for sure. Um, and they'll, I think, I'll probably predict them to be safe this season, along with us. And... Um, yeah, it's just been an unbelievable transformation. And before the results were there, the performances were there. Um, so off the pitch, things have changed with the values and how he wants the players to conduct themselves in, in certain environments and situations, which is totally right. Um, I still allow people to have their characters and still having a laugh and a joke. Some take it too far, like myself, but <laughs> get told to grow up all the time. Um, and... No, no more immature than Danny Borman, by the way. So he's that's where I'll take a leaf out of his book. He's nearly 40 and he's the most immature person ever. He's a great guy. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. He was here, wasn't he? And then, um, and then, and then on the pitch for me, I just had to wait for my opportunity. And I was probably, um, I was frustrated when I wasn't playing. We were playing well, so you know, Robbo was happy with what he was watching, but. You know, I was saying, I'll play well when I come in the team. I really want to play. And if everyone would say that. Anyone who's at the if you're at the team and, you, and you're happy, then, if, well, if I'm the manager, I don't want you because you you don't care. Mm. That's, that's, you know what I mean? You want to play. So I had to wait for my opportunity. Um, and, yeah, we, nothing's really changed. Just coming to a team that was playing well. Um, and I've, you know... Been with the boys all season. I've not been able to play. I've got a great, great relationship with everyone. Change rooms, great. Like we said, there's bad change rooms in football. There really is, and there's good changing rooms. Just to name a few: Luton, unbelievable changing room, did well. Lincoln, unbelievable changing room, did well. Crawley, for the club and the finances and and the stature of the club, good change room. They do very well, and. Um, Grimsby was a nice change room as well. I was only online there. But, and then again at Wimbledon, we've, under, we've underachieved, but we've not played. With the players that we have, people, we, ha we have better players than what people think. We have some mm. like, very good players, but when you're not playing to their strengths, right, you ain't going to get the best out of them. Um, and now, Robbo is getting the best out of people on and off the pitch. Um, and it's in the performance. I don't even have to say anything. You've only got to see, you've only got to see what, see our games. Uh, I don't care if it's Ipswich, Aki away, which is hard. They, they were as close to the players mm. before we smashed them 5-1. Ipswich 3-0. Should have beaten Plymouth. Who was the Monday game? Who was the Friday game before that? I can't remember. Uh, uh, it was Plymouth Fleetwood. and then we, Fleetwood. 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 Should have beaten them, let's be honest. That was yep. Um but again, battered them. Cholton, two all. Respectable result at any any point of the season. Um, and the, the, the performances have been there. And all I can say is, Bruce in the pudding, like, let's not get carried away. I'm not going to say we're going to win every single game of the season. I'm going to do my best and I'll, I can go and see Gaffer's going to get every inch out of everyone to the last game of the season. Even when there's nothing to play for when we're safe, because we will be. 
like Lincoln away, he's going to be at it because that's the way he is. That's the standards that he's setting. Like they're not dropping, and that's what we're going to want to carry on next season. Hopefully, fans will be allowed back in that one because I haven't been to Lincoln and it's meant to be a good day out. So we'll nah, get there's been there's no well. fans this season at any any league games, is there? Well, hopefully there will. Hopefully they're doing testing. That rumor. Uh, yeah, it's just me making it up pretty much there on the spot. But heard it here first. Because they're, they're getting people in the snooker and there's people at Wembley, I'm hoping that Lincoln, at least we can go on the piss and have a nah, good, good day. Lincoln, great fans, by the way. Great city as well. Lovely place. I can't see it happening, though. I was going to ask you as well, because obviously League Two, you played non-league. Have you had to adapt your game stepping up to League One at all? Or is or you just gone with the same that you always had? Yeah, we went... Like I look back when Fleetwood, I was at Crawley, Fleetwood were flying high in League One, trying to get automatic promotions, played them in the FA Cup, scored against them. We played South End in the same league, um, scored two goals against them. In the Cup run, we played Stoke, had a great game against Stoke and Norwich, Norwich as well in the in the League Cup run before I came to. So it wasn't wasn't worried. I wasn't I wasn't planning on changing anything. I haven't changed anything. I am myself. Um, not everyone's going to love me just like your friend uh, <laughs> and not and that's fine that's football that doesn't worry me you don't have to like me I'm still going to give my best for the football club and for myself and my family and I'm still going to you know, I still want to play for the football club no matter if 50% of the fans like me 60, 70, 80 99, 100 whatever Um that's just that's just me. I'm just going to be myself. I know I know I score goals here. I just need to be um, and do well. I just need to be playing and be fit, which I am now. I have to say that is one person out of like 25 of us, and he got absolutely ruined at the moment. So, as I said, just score one more goal, and it well try and score as many as possible. But the assist count as half a goal. Surely you've got uh, that in there. No, no, it's got to be goals. <laughs> goals four. So this is just, just yeah. Just just might get one to, more. I might have to ask more. pigs for a penalty or something. <laughs> yeah, just to do it. <laughs> let's, see how, let's see how we go. Now I'm pretty confident I'll be scoring a couple more between now and the end of the season. But yeah, I'm not really changing anything. I don't really feel like I need to have 29 kind of in my prime. Apart from a bit of bad luck, I've always, I've never had any injuries. I've never had any injury worries. This has just been really unlucky and it happens. It's been really hard to deal with. I've touched words. I've said this before I signed it, but I've never been injured before. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a little few niggles, but that's it. So it's tough. Uh, we, we don't know if you know this, but um, you've actually scored the most goals this calendar year uh, from open play, Wimbledon. Yeah. Are you, happy, are you happy with how things are going? You kind of touched on it, but, you know, coming into the side, I think you were unlucky. Yeah, no, I, uh, bit, uh, just, me, it was just about, for me, it's just about playing. Like, I know the goals will come. I'm not going to score 25-yard, 30-yard goals every week. That's not me. But I will be in the right place at the right time. I'm not saying I'm going to score every opportunity either. But I've always been a fox in the box. Tapping's love them. Can't beat them. Someone said something about Abe's tapping the other day. I was like, they're the best ones. They are the best ones. And I said it today, actually, in the meeting as well. There's no such thing as a bad goal. I said it to our... Um, I said it to Andy, our set-piece guy. He said something about one of Pigs' goals from a corner. I said there's about it not being one of the... Pre- I said there's no such thing as a bad goal. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's just the way I am. I'll just be in the right place at the right time and I'll, hopefully I'll, I'll do everything I can to take them chances. And the more I'm on the pitch, the more I'll be in them positions. It's just been a frustrating year for me. It's been a frustrating year for fans not being able to get in and for the club to be in the position that we're in. But we really have come out of it. I've come out of my situation with my injury. Things are looking bright for me. Things are looking bright for the football club. We're going to get a season ended successfully and looking forward to next season where we're going to have a full plow lane. Because let me tell you, when Tan saved that penalty, oh my God, if fans were in them, would have been unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, I gutted, gutted that he didn't have the fans in there for him. Especially as he'd come through the youth. He's been there for years and watched other goalkeepers come in. Like, good goalkeepers, to be fair, like Kelly Ruse, Aaron Ramsdale. But, yeah, recently, yeah. he should have been playing more often. Than... Definitely. It's, 
And when I was tough, it's been from me. You know what? He's, got, he's tall, but he's got a bit of a baby face. And I always just thought he was like 20. I always kind of thought he was 20, 21. He's not, he's 24. Mm. He needs to be playing. He needs to be playing now uh, to, to really kick on with his career. And um, come in, and let, this is true. We would not be in the position that we were in without him. Uh, Absolutely. He's been unbelievable. And the first thing I did after he made that mistake at Fleetwood in front of everyone, walked in in silent. I said, Tans, I don't give, I literally, I didn't give a shit. I don't care that that's just happened and we've lost today because of your mistake. Because without you, we wouldn't have the last seven or eight points, right? Mm. You've been unbelievable. And you've made one human error and we're going to forget about it and we're going to move on. And I gave him a big cuddle and said, because he's gutted, gutted, really gutted. And um, it's not let it affect him. You can see it in his performances now, it's not affected him. Mm. He's, he's been playing well, making unbelievable saves. He comes out, he claims things, punches corners, kicking's good. Um, and he's, he's been unbelievable since he came in. And uh, hopefully, I think he might be out of contact in the summer. Uh, I'm not sure if he's got an option or what, but we need to make sure he's here because he's, he's become a real key part of the squad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, mate, Ollie, I could, I could speak to you all day, mate, but we're running. Uh, we've been proper waffling, haven't we? I know, right? yeah. It's been great. <laughs> Whack. I feel like I'm on loose women or something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll rename the podcast Loose Wombles or something. Great, we can rebrand. Well, away, away days, there's enough loose wombles to be fair. So, <laughs> uh, Finchie, anything, anything else you want to add? No, I just really appreciate you coming on and speaking to us. It, it does mean a lot to us. So, thank you very no, much. It's been great. It's actually really refreshing having a really nice chat. Just real chip wagging. But, so, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, mate. It's been it's been great. Good luck tomorrow night against Oxford. Thank you, thank you. Hopefully, we can get that fifth goal. Yeah, get the season wrapped up really, just so we can and let the fans enjoy the last few games. Do you know what I mean? Without having to worry, because I think the last few season fans have had to worry right until the death. So mm. it'd be nice just to get things wrapped up as soon as possible, because they should be the way we're playing, and and we can just enjoy the end of the season and and let the fans just watch us and relax and enjoy a game of football. Yes. Yes, that's it. Just get that goal so we can then get Titch's uh, costume ordered. So Yeah. The one. I'm going to order him a few bits and all, that's for sure. <laughs> I'll have him at the club waiting. I'll leave him at the club reception for when you get there. Brilliant. Oh, that'd be amazing. That's great stuff, Ollie. Thanks again, mate. All Thank right, you very thanks. much. Yeah, bye-bye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.